Larry Kruger here for the Tales from the Bay post-game podcast. And the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys at Levi's Stadium 19-12. to And so the 49ers now advance on to their 16th conference title game um, in uh, in the history of their franchise. And there were a number of things that, that obviously led to this victory for the 49ers. One, I think, has to be mentioned, and that was the Jimmy Ward tackle on Tony Pollard in the second, in the second quarter. Um, Pollard had a badly sprained ankle. Uh, they immediately took him into the tent, then they immediately x-rayed the ankle um, and deemed at the start of the third quarter that he was out for the entire second half. So, for Dallas to lose their number one weapon, their number one running back, guy who's had a Pro Bowl caliber year, that was a really, really tough blow for the Cowboys. So, that that was one thing for sure that led to this victory. And then I think the, the other thing that really steps uh, stands out is the 49 Niners emphasized turnovers all week, taking care of the football, not turning the ball over, not giving Dallas extra possessions. And sure enough, it was the 49ers that were plus one on the turnover table at the end of this game. Dallas turned it over twice on interceptions by uh, Diamador Lenore and Fred Warner, and um, and the Niners only turned it over the one time. So they were plus one in turnovers. So I think if you really looked at things... The loss of Pollard was huge for Dallas. The the winning of the turnover battle for the 49ers was absolutely huge. Um, and then I think when you look at um, how the 49ers use their running backs in this game, you know they, they used McCaffrey. He looked great. Then they used a lot of Christian. They used a lot of Elijah Mitchell in the second half of this game. And Mitchell wind up being the leading rusher. He had 14 carries for 51 yards, and he was really fantastic. 49ers did not put a ton of heat on. Uh, on Dak Prescott tonight. It wasn't like the 49ers piled up big sack totals. They didn't. Um, but they, they they moved him just enough. They got just enough pressure to to bother him. Um, also, when Pollard went out, Zeke Elliott, who's a proud running back in his own right um, and a veteran at this point at tw- age 27, um, he just couldn't replicate what Tony Pollard has been doing. And, and if you looked at Zeke, he's got the big brace on his, on his knee and and he just doesn't have the same movement ability that he had when he came into came into the NFL. So I thought that was huge. And then Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod had a had a costly fumble, and yet the 49er defense this year, when the offense has turned the ball over, the Niner defense has rallied and kept teams out of the out of the end zone. We saw that again tonight, uh, where Ray Ray McLeod fumbles deep in 49er territory, and then the the 49er defense had, was back out on the field, and they had just been out on the field, so they were gassed, they were tired, but at the same time, man, they. They were playing fast and physical right there, and they held Dallas to a field goal. So they kind of minimized the negative of uh, the Ray Ray McLeod turnover by by getting that that field goal, or by keeping Dallas to a field goal, and and then overall, you know, Dallas came into this game as a as a one wide receiver team. Ceedee Lamb has been their guy all year. And, and he was fantastic again in this one. Ten catches, 117 yards. But they didn't allow Michael Gallup to get off as well in this game. Gallup uh, was pretty much held down. Uh, Dalton Schultz had some good numbers at the end of the day. But uh, ultimately, the 49ers kept the receivers uh, outside of CeeDee Lamb down. For Lamb, 
impressive night, 10 catches, 117 yards. He was impressive. Uh, but since he was the only guy really doing things, um, it made a huge impact. And then I think you also got to talk a little bit about Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a rookie quarterback, seventh round draft choice. He's made one playoff start. There's all kinds of pressure in a game like this. And he didn't have a great first half. And this was easily the fastest defense he's gone up against. But if you looked at the end of the game, his numbers were very similar to, uh, to, to Prescott. I mean, his numbers, you look at, at uh, Purdy's numbers for the day, you know, they were good. 19 of 24 or 19 of 29, 214 yards. Um, they only, he was only sacked two times. He threw away the ball a couple times and, and avoided sacks. And he just made some big throws. He made a big throw to George Kittle, who double caught the, the ball. That was probably the highlight of the game is a second half catch. It was, a, it was kind of a post pattern from uh, Purdy to Kittle and Kittle caught it once, tipped it, and then caught it a second time. So that, I thought, was a huge play. And then I think you also got to credit guys like Samson Ebukam. Ebukam had had pressure in this game. You know, Charles Menehue went down with an injury. He was not 100%. It looked like Nick Bosa was nursing an injury a little bit. And Ebukam really stepped up. And Ebukam had been battling an ankle injury all during the week in the lead-up to this game. So for him to, to step up and come up with a big sack and some pressures. I thought that was absolutely huge from Samson Ebukam. So, good team effort. 49ers, you know, Turpin, the the, the burning uh, fast um, return man for for Dallas, you know, could have taken this game over. He's got that kind of speed. He's that kind of a talent. Um, and yet, the 49ers made a couple of key tackles or there was nothing but green grass ahead for Turpin. So, the Niners did it on special teams. Robbie Gold had four field goals. Um, they avoided, for outside of the Ray Ray McLeod turnover, they avoided the big mistake. The Niners won this game because they played cleaner. They had fewer penalties than Dallas. They had fewer turnovers than Dallas. And they just, you know, positive plays don't always win football games. It's avoiding huge negative plays that has a big impact on whether or not you win football games. And tonight, the 49ers played a cleaner game. And uh, they took care of the football for the most part, better than Dallas. They played a cleaner game as far as penalties than Dallas played. And overall, just a great win for the 49ers against a really talented, fast Cowboy team. And now it's on to Philadelphia. So the final in this one, 19-12, 49ers beat the Cowboys uh, here at Levi's Stadium. So it's the 49ers moving on to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game. And for the 49ers, 16 conference title game appearances for the franchise and they are one win away from taking the field for uh, to compete for their sixth Lombardi trophy well let's start talking a little bit about this one from the beginning of the first quarter um the Niners normally like to win the toss and defer to the second half, and they didn't do that today. Uh, Dallas won the toss, and so the 49ers started with the ball. And on the very second, on the second play of the game, uh, Osa Ogazigu from uh, UCLA, and I'm sure I'm butchering that name, he sacked Brock Purdy for a minus nine. And so that kind of took the 49ers out of um, 
you know, out of things in that first drive. They third and nineteen. Purdy went to Debo Samuel. He got twelve yards on the play, but the 49ers were well in their own territory and were forced to punt. So, the first uh, possession did not result in a positive story for the Niners. So, Dallas got the ball in their first possession at their own twenty-six, and um, and immediately Dallas started making mistakes. Prescott goes to Lamb for an incompletion on the first play of Dallas's offensive day. But there was a penalty on Dallas's rookie left tackle, Tyler Smith, for holding. And so they were staring at first and 20. Um, Prescott would eventually find T.Y. Hilton for 14 yards on second and 14 to get a first down and extend the drive. But then Fred Warner, who really played well in this game, had a tackle for a loss uh, for on Pollard that cost Dallas a couple yards. And then Prescott threw a slant to uh, CeeDee Lamb against Jimmy Ward for five yards. So it got to third and seven from the Dallas 40, and then Prescott went to uh, Schultz, but he was covered by Fred Warner, and Warner was fantastic in this game, even beyond what the stat sheet says. So that made it fourth and seven, and and, uh, Dallas was forced to punt, and the Niners would get it back. Now, on the next possession, the Niners, this is their second offensive possession, they would take it from their own 18-yard line, and they would move it a little bit down the field. On a first and 10 play from the 30, Purdy found George Kittle for 31 yards and moved the ball across midfield and into Dallas territory. On second and nine, Purdy off the bootleg uh, threw incomplete to Ayuk. The ball really hung in the air and it looked like Dallas could come away with the interception, but nobody did. And then Purdy on third and nine threw to uh, Christian McCaffrey, but it was incomplete. And uh, J. Ron Curse, the safety who was they were saying maybe Curse wouldn't even go today because of the injury, uh, but he made a play there and that forced the 49ers to punt. So, you know, it was a very conservative play call, I thought, by Kyle Shanahan to punt on that second possession. Why? Well, yeah, was it fourth and nine? Yeah, it was, but you were also on Dallas's 38-yard line. So I thought that was a conservative call, but Shanahan was playing things conservative at the start of this game. So then Dallas gets the ball back at their own 20, and the Niners defense, Greenlaw, stuffed Zeke Elliott on the first play of that second drive, and then Pollard ran left, and Fred Warner stuffed him. So you had third and Nine and Prescott was trying to go to Michael Gallup, but Diamador Lenore has been playing some phenomenal football, and he stepped right in front of it, and Dallas had turned it over, and the Niners were were in business. In fact, they were in business at the Cowboy 21-yard line, but the very first play of the 49ers' third possession, Dexter Lawrence sacks Brock Purdy, and the Niners immediately are behind the chains. That led to a second and 16. On third and 15, though, Brock Purdy would find Brandon Ayuk for a 17-yard gain, and the Niners had a first down uh, inside the 10-yard line. Purdy then hand, Purdy went to McCaffrey for two yards to make it second and goal from the eight. Uh, then Shanahan called a quarterback run that got stuffed. So the 49ers were looking at third and eight from the eight-yard line, and Purdy threw, um, threw the ball away at that point because the Dallas pressure was too immense, and the Niners would settle for Robbie Gold's 26-yard field goal to go up 3 nothing. It was a seven-play, 13-yard drive in a little bit over three and a half minutes. So then Dallas gets the ball back on their third possession at their own 26, and this was a 14-play drive. Um, The key plays on this drive, third and two from their own 44, Prescott found Noah Brown for 17 yards, then third and one from the 9 or 29, Zeke Elliott ran a couple yards for the first down, and then it got to third and seven, and Prescott went to uh, CeeDee Lamb um, against Fred Warner for 
for six yards. So we got to fourth and one, and then they decided to call a running play for CeeDee Lamb on fourth and one, and he went for five yards. So that made it a first and ten for the Cowboys on the 9 or 14-yard line. Prescott would run on first down, ten yards down to the four, and then on first and goal, Prescott play-action pass um, to... um, play action pass to Dalton Schultz for the four yard touchdown catch and that made it 6-3 Dallas pending the PAT but then Samson Ebukam would block that PAT and that's where it sat so it was a 14 play 79 yard drive and Dallas led 6-3 now the Niners would get right back on the scoreboard on their fourth possession in the second quarter the key plays on this possession Purdy went to McCaffrey on third and seven for a seven yard gain for a first down and then on third and one from the Niner 45 Purdy went to Jennings for a first down, uh, throw in the penalty on Dallas for unnecessary roughness on the receiver, and the Niners were in business at the 37-yard line. Um, And eventually it would get down to, you know, Purdy went to Kittle uh, for a one-yard gain on uh, on first and 20 after a holding call by Banks. So on second and 19, he went to Debo on an in-route for 17. That made it third and two. Uh, Purdy threw incomplete out of the empty set to Debo on that third and two, and so the Niners again had to settle for a Robbie Gold 47-yard field goal, and Robbie came on, he made it, made it 6-6, 10 plays, 46-yard drive. Dallas would get the ball, this is right at the end of the second quarter, and it looked like Dallas was going to go and take the take the lead into the dressing room. Dallas took their drive from their own 35-yard line. There was a, a personal foul call by Dre Greenlaw uh, on, on, the, uh, on this drive that set up the Cowboys at first and 10 on the Niner 41. Um, on third and seven from the Niner 38, Prescott went to Pollard and that he only got three yards out of it. Uh, and that made it fourth and four from the 35-yard line. And would Dallas kick the Brett Maher field goal, field goal to go up 9-6? Well, they would not. Instead, Prescott scrambled for a first down and it made it first and 10 from the 26-yard line. Prescott then went to Pollard and this was probably the biggest play of the game. First and 10 from the 26-yard line. Prescott finds Pollard. Jimmy Ward makes the tackle, and in doing so, he swung his body around and hurled it into Pollard's ankle. Uh, The ankle looked badly sprained. It looked very similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo injury against Miami. Uh, It was an 8-yard play, and the the drive was still alive. It was 2nd and 2 when Prescott went to CeeDee Lamb on the next play, and Jimmy Ward tipped the ball, and Fred Warner picked it off and returned it 16 yards. So that basically made sure that the Cowboys would not score before the end of the second quarter. And the Niners, with 1.15 left, had the ball at their own 28-yard line. And they would move the ball down the field. And then Robbie Gold would kick a 50-yard field goal um, at the very end of the first half to cap an eight-play 40-yard drive. And so that's where it sat at halftime. 9-6, 49ers. Purdy in the first half, 12 of 19 for 129 yards. But the big play was the Cowboys losing Pollard for the second half. And right before the teams took the field in the third quarter, it was announced that Pollard was out for the 
game, that that his ankle injury was going to keep him out for the game, as was Carlos Watkins, the Cowboys' defensive lineman, went out with the calf injury. So Dallas would take the ball to begin the third quarter at their own 25-yard line, and um, the Niners forced them to punt. Prescott went to Elliott on a third-and-five pass that was incomplete, and so Dallas was forced to punt. And this is where the 49er crowd started to get nervous because on the punt, Ray-Ray McLeod would fumble it, and Damone Clark, the uh, LSU rookie linebacker for the Cowboys, would recover the fumble at the 21-yard line of the 49ers. But this is where the Niner defense held. On first and 10, Prescott went to Lamb for two yards, uh, but then the Niners defense held. They tackled Elliott for a loss on second and goal. On third and goal, Prescott went to Elliott, and it was incomplete. And so Brett Maher come on, came on for a 25-yard field goal, and that tied the game at nine. Six-play, 14-yard drive. You got a 9-9 ball game here at Levi's. So the 49ers then on the very next play, on the kickoff, Ray-Ray McLeod would take it back 53 yards trying to atone for his mistake, and the Niners, though, could not do anything with it. Despite the fact they were inside Dallas's uh, side of the field, Purdy on third and nine threw incomplete to Christian McCaffrey, way overthrew him, and the 49ers were forced to punt. But Mitch Wisnowski would down the punt at the nine-yard line and giving the 49ers fantastic field position. Dallas would take it on their seventh possession, and they would move the ball a little bit. Uh, but on on fourth and five, um, Dallas was got a delay of game. On the, on the third and five, Prescott went to CeeDee Lamb, and he just dropped it. The Niners sent the blitz on the third and five play. Prescott got the ball out, and he got the ball to the right receiver, but Lamb dropped it. And so ultimately, Dallas was uh, forced to punt, and so they did. And the Niners would get it on their seventh possession on their own nine-yard line. And Purdy on first and ten um, at the 21 would find George Kittle, and this was the play where Kittle double-caught the ball. He tipped it and then caught, caught it, tipped it, caught it again. It went for 20 29 yards to midfield, and the 49ers were really in business. And then later in the drive, um, you know, Purdy went to Ayuk, and it looked like Trevon Diggs was going to step right in front for an easy interception, and Diggs dropped it. So then it was third and eight at the Niner 20 yard line, and uh, um, Demarcus Lawrence would sack Brock Purdy, but there was a Dallas defensive hold, and that kept the drive alive. And then on the next play, Debo runs. Um, runs the orbit motion and had a nice little run but once again another defensive hold on Dallas and so that set the Niners up at the 10 yard line Husechek had an 8 yard run down to the 2 and then Christian McCaffrey went in from 2 yards out to cap a 10 play 91 yard drive in 6 minutes exactly and the 49ers had a 16 to 9 lead but then immediately the momentum switched back to Dallas because Turpin took the kickoff return 44 yards back and Dallas was in business and Dallas eventually would drive down to the 25 yard line Prescott on third and eight would fall, throw incomplete to CeeDee Lamb and that led to a Brett Maher 43 yard field goal he hit it so it was 16-12 49ers capped an eight play 32 yard drive in just under four minutes and this is where the Niners kind of put this game away they took the ball in their eighth possession early fourth quarter they started on the Purdy to Kittle for 17 yard play on third and 
two. Purdy threw a slant to Ayuk for nine yards to keep the drive alive. On third and three from the Dallas 34, Purdy found McCaffrey on a slant for six yards to keep the drive alive again. And then on second and seven from the 25, Elijah Mitchell rumbles for eight yards. And so the Niners had first and 10 at the 17-yard line. And then this drive stalled because Mitchell you know, ran middle and got stuffed on first down. Purdy threw it away on second down amid a tough rush from Dallas. And then he scrambled for seven yards on third and 10. But on fourth and three from the 10-yard line, on came Robbie Gold for another field goal. And the Niners were leading at that point 19-12. It was a 13-play, 64-yard drive. And it took eight minutes of, of clock. So then the Dallas gets back in the fourth quarter with three minutes left to play. And the Niners' defense held uh, the third and 10 play from the 18. Samson Ebukam sacked the quarterback. And that led to a punt by the Cowboys. Niners would get it back at the two-minute warning. And uh, basically hand it to Elijah Mitchell a couple times. Eventually, the 49ers were forced to punt. Dallas would get it one last time. And on the last play of the game, Prescott threw to Elliott. Aziz Al-Shair and Jimmy Ward made the tackle. And the 49ers escaped with a 19-12 win over the Dallas Cowboys. And now for the Niners, a trip to Lincoln Financial Field next week for the NFC Championship game and a tilt with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, it's time for us to go to the podium and hear the postgame sound. And first up, of course, is Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan. Um, injuries from the game, we just had Charles uh, Minahue, oblique. Uh, he ended up returning. Go ahead. Kyle, when you think about this game, uh, just kind of what stands out. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't as clean and crisp as you wanted on offense, but how do you feel after this one? feel great. I mean, we had a feeling it was going to be like that. We kind of prepared that way. Um, we had a lot of respect for that team, um, all, all three of their phases, but um, um, we knew how good their defense was too. And we felt we really had to run the ball just to negate their pass rush because how special of a pass rush they have. And um, for us to end up getting over 30 carries when you're only averaging like three, I think we had three, five, um, just shows how good the team was doing. Um, the defense getting those turnovers, um, the offense being able to make some third downs. I don't think in the first half we had one first down running the ball. I think they were all throwing the ball and I think that changed big in the second half. So we still got it going a little bit, warmed down a little bit. and. Um, winning the turnover battle battles everything after that. The catch down, down the middle of the field, the kind of juggling catch. How, how did that kind of maybe jump start? Did you feel that in that moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, explosives can jump start you better than anything, and he definitely wasn't the primary on that. And they defended the play very well. And Brock came back to the inside, and Kittle just saw an opening and went down there, and Brock let it rip and held the job seeing him in that spot. And then Kittle made a hell of a catch, just like his first one of the game too. Defense gave up only 12 points, the one touchdown drive early. Um, Warner seemed like he had a really good game. You'd have to look at the film first, but what, was your, what jumped out at you about the way you played defense? Uh, I think we, man, we stopped the run, I think, which was huge. Uh, allowed us to be pretty sound in our coverages. I, I know we gave up that big one when uh, we were backed up, um, but I just think we made them work for everything. And when you take away the run game and um, you don't have to be too risky in, the, in your coverages, it, it makes it hard to get explosives. And our guys just kept doing it all game and were able to contain them and keep them out of the end zone except for that drive. And um, they played their ass off today. How big a moment was after the Ray Ray football? 
the defense only giving up a field goal. Did you feel that a little momentum? There? Yeah, that was huge. I mean, for us to get the turnovers in the first half and um, to come out like that, and especially, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a three and out or, or not, but um, for us to stop them like we did punt, it was such a huge change with that fumble. Ray Ray's been unbelievable all year. Um, it looked like number one got it, just stripped him out, um, knocked the ball out. But for them to be down there and for so quickly for a defense to hold them to three, um, that tied the game up. And um, we were able to weather that storm right there because that was a big play. Uh, two questions about Purdy. One, what you had your play sheet in front of you when you got the ball out with one second left before halftime. Could you tell us a little bit about what you were talking to him about? And then well, that's why I had my play sheet over my face. No, I just got a little close for us with the time. So just wanted to throw it away a hair earlier. Yeah. Were you yelling at him? No, no, I never yell. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. And then the, the back-to-back scoring drives, you know, in, in the second half there, I mean, there was a, a lot of running in there, kind of grinding them down. But how did you think he played when you know, he had to make a play? Uh, I mean, he made a number of plays today. I mean, that not, not, by no means was anything perfect um, for the whole offense and for the whole team, but um, it seemed like playoff football in that game. I mean, we were going against the team and just watching them all week. We, we had a feeling it was going to be this type of game, and that's why we were stressing the run game on both sides and stressing to protect the ball and try to get turnovers, and we accomplished both of those things. And you do that stuff, you still got to make a number of plays. And, I mean, you saw how many George made today, and um, – those all, it's tough to do those without the quarterback. So he made some big time plays too. We all saw how good Philadelphia looked yesterday. I know you were preparing for this, but did you watch that game and do you have to take it a level up to, to meet the Eagles? Um, I mean, I don't think you take anything a level up. You try to you do as good as you can every single week. And um, I think we got a pretty good team. Um, we've got a very talented team, also a team that plays well together. Um, I know they do. They've been as good as anyone since the beginning of this year and all the way to right now. And um, if you looked at the beginning of the year, you thought Philly would be the last team right here. And that's the way it's ended up. So um, we're going to end up going down there. Hopefully, we'll have a good week of practice. And Looking forward to the challenge. What was the difference with, with the running game, particularly on those two long drives in the second half versus first half when, when it seemed like you guys struggled to get any momentum there? Uh, we just got we didn't change much up. Um, we just got mixing runs up and um, broke a couple, got a couple of lanes. I mean, I don't know. I think we had like eight runs or something in the first half. I, f- I forget. But um, we didn't get a ton of opportunities with it, just play calls and stuff. And um, when you don't, when you run the ball and you don't get any first downs running the ball, that's usually what happens. And in the second half, especially that long drive, and it was like 13 plays or something. Um, we got a number of first downs running the ball in first and second. And when you do that, it's easier to stay with it. And then when you do that, it's easier to wear them down. That's a real good D line, and they move around so much, but um, that they're tough to block. But if you can wear them down a little bit, then you got a, a chance. And it took us all game to do that. Obviously, you have a couple more steps to go until you reach your ultimate goal. But with how hard it is to reach three NFC championships in four seasons, how much are you able to, you know, pause a little bit and appreciate just this moment? Um, not at all yet. I uh, wish we did. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, you, you work so hard to get to these points, um, to these situations. And all we could think about was winning that game. And once we did, it's... Um, 
I mean, it's fun for a little bit, but it's more once you get in the locker room, you're just, all right, now let's move on to the next one because we know what moment we're in and our lives right here, our whole team, and we've been here before, and it's very hard to get here. So we're not really reflecting on anything yet. We, we got a big game this week, and that's not our ultimate goal either. So in order to do that, we got to make sure we take care of business. All right, we're going to stay at the podium now for a little dialogue between the media and 49er quarterback Brock Purdy. You know, credit to Dallas. They did a great job just playing physical, um, stopping the run, you know, making us throw more uh, than we anticipated. But um, it just sort of came down to, you know, executing once we got into the red zone and things like that. So, um, you know, I think we got to be a little bit better there. I have to be a little bit better down there. But overall, it was it was a great challenge for us. What did it do for you in, in the offense? Like a kill down the middle there, the jumping catch. What did it do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... You know, that time or that part of the game, you know, we needed something. We needed a spark, get the get the ball rolling. And, and uh, for Kittle to make a play like that, you just feel it in the whole stadium. Like, man, that felt good, you know, to get a big gain like that and get us going. So, um, you know, props to Kittle. He was, at, he was one of our, like, last options um, in that play. But he kept the play live by, you know, feeling space. And I got my eyes back, and he was there. So it was awesome. Did you, did you see the defense holding on him on that other play before the touchdown? You got sacked. Did you know that he had been held there? Uh, I was trying to go there, yes. Um, and then obviously got held. I felt pressure, got sacked. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're glad that you know that happened. But ball was trying to trying to get there. So they were able to move the ball a little bit on that those fourth quarter drives that helped kill the time. But did it seem like they were taking forever? And just how hard it is to win a game? You talking about just like the time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know and that point in the game like we're up and you know we want to take off time in the um off the clock and everything like that but um you know we wanted also you know solidify like us being up and and put points up on the board so for us to be able to chew the clock get some uh convert some third downs and things like that and then get a field goal in with robbie at the end um felt good with our lead and then giving our our defense uh the shot to close out the game so that's what we wanted obviously during the week you're preparing to, to win a football game but now that the game's over you take a moment to realize like man i just participated in the niners cowboys playoff game and, and how do you think you might reflect on that down the road yeah um I mean, I'm just, you know, so right now I'm still focused in a sense with, you know, just the game and, you know, what we could have done or, or, you know, to be better, you know. But, yeah, it's pretty cool to, you know, see the clock at zero and then you see, like, the Niners over the Cowboys. That's like, pretty sweet in, in, the, in the playoffs. So um, definitely, you know, credit to the coaching staff and getting us right all, all week. Um, you know, defense, offense, special teams, everyone just playing. You know, it, it's t- it takes everybody, not just one person or a couple guys. It literally takes everybody. So I'm just so proud of the team. And, um, you know, playoff football is not easy. So to go and to pull off a win like that against a great team like Dallas and now going to the NFC Championship, it means a lot to us. And, and for myself, yeah, when I take a step back, it's, it's pretty cool. Very thankful. And one more from the podium. Let's hear the hero of the hour, George Kittle, who made maybe one of the best catches he's ever made in traffic. He caught it once. He tipped it to himself. He caught it a second time. It was one of the biggest plays in the game, and he addressed the media at the podium afterwards. Um, I mean, it's uh, it was a bootleg. Uh, me and Juice are on the backside, selling the outside zone away to get the defensive end across our face. Juice is the hot guy. We're trying to get the ball to either, I think it was Ayuk, Debo, or Juice. Is he's the hot guy, and I'm literally not even in the read. So I just saw kind of a space, and he hadn't thrown it yet. So I was just going up the field and. Yeah, he gave me a catchable ball, and I was just trying to be dramatic. 
just for TV, man. That was all on purpose. Yeah, it's just for TV. Just trying to be a little dramatic, you know, get the ratings up. That's all we're here for. Did you change the momentum of the game, the, the vibe of the crowd and everything? Um, I mean, I think our crowd was fantastic all day. They were loud. Our defense was playing at a high level. Um, I mean, yeah, our defense was incredible. The, the crowd made them use a couple timeouts. I think they got a false start. But I think that just uh, got our offense going a little bit, got our swagger going a little bit. And, you know, after that, uh, I think we scored a touch on that drive, right, I think. Yeah, I and mean, we went down, Christian finished it. So, yeah, definitely got the boys moving a little bit. You guys are an even keeled, even keeled team, but how excited are you for this next game against Philly, one one game away from the Super Bowl? Nice shirt, man. It's nice. I mean, this is exactly where you want to be, right? I mean, at the start of the year, back in OTAs, you're, all you're doing is preparing you know, for the Super Bowl. And um, to be one step away from that, it's awesome. Um, to go into the Philly, which is fantastic, you know, atmosphere. I don't know if there's a – you can say, I mean, I love Levi's. I think it's a fantastic atmosphere, but if I'm not going to be biased, I mean, besides Kansas City and uh, the Eagles, I mean, they're pretty top tier. So it's going to be wonderful. I know how much the fans love their opposing team the opposing team, and all the fans. So it's going to be really fun, and um, it's going to be cold and violent, and it's going to be a blast. George, when you improvise around like that, you put your hand up. Are you trying to get his attention? or like? Yeah, like I said, like I'm not in the read at all. Like, that's just uh, Brock keeping, like, I mean, I say it all the time. Brock is a good quarterback that keeps his eyes up when a play is falling apart. And his number one, his number two wasn't open. And for him to look back inside and just, you know, see a white glove ha fly up and give me a shot at the ball, I mean, that's just really good quarterback play. Like I said, like, I mean, my route is supposed to be I go down and I come back out flat. But I saw Juice right there, and there's a ton of people overran it. And so I was like, oh, I'll just go down the seam and, you know, I'll just see if we can make something happen. I was, yes. I mean, I knew it was third down. It was a play we installed on Friday. It's a, red, a high red zone play. Um, it was definitely not the look that we thought we were going to get, but the guy was squatting it. I mean, I just had a post route uh, across the middle, and he was sitting on it heavy, and he was sitting he was sitting in a chair, and I knew that if I just got on um, and watching the tape, they like to hold and grab a little bit, and he put both arms around my waist and kind of tripped one of my legs. I was like, well, I'm not going to get away from this because he's holding me so bad, so I'm just going to fall, and it's exactly what happened. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I had a play last week where I got literally tackled in the middle of my route, and the back ref was like, hey, if you would have thrown it to you, you know, I would have thrown a flag. And I was like, I don't know. I can't catch the ball from on the ground, man. <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? But, hey, great referee play. But, um that one, I, I'm definitely just going to sell it as hard as I can because, I, I mean, it was a flag regardless, but if I went down, you know, I'm just happy. He sends the drive, and we score a touchdown. What was Ross demeanor in the huddle throughout the game? Confident the whole time. It was awesome. Um, I thought Brock did really well, for especially when our offense wasn't doing very well early. Um, you know, we're getting field goals. We weren't finishing. Our defense was playing at a high level, and Brock wasn't getting distraught. Um, there was no, like, jitteriness to him. He was just... Brock Purdy walking in the huddle, calling the play, and delivering. It was at the end of the first half where he scrambled and almost ran out. Oh, dear. That was stressful, wasn't it? Because <laughs> like, I'm blocking on that, and I turn around, and he starts scrambling. I'm like, why do you still have the ball? <laughs> throw it away. It was a, the play before that was the exact same play, and I, he's just supposed to throw it away. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There's, don't, you, there's no reason to make a play here, Brock. Oh, my goodness. It's just so stressful. <laughs> rookies, man. Just rookies. <laughs> Now we're going to go inside the locker room with Niners linebacker Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. You guys got a big win here in the playoffs over Dallas. Give me your impressions of the victory. Um, 
it's the playoffs and it's a win. So, you know, it's great to come out here and get a great team like Dallas and get the win and have a chance to go into the Super Bowl. Did the game go the way you thought it would go when you were getting ready, prepping this week? I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, like Dallas is a great team. They have great players, you know, in all three phases, you know. So we didn't, we thought we knew it was going to be tough. We knew it was going to be tight, you know. So we're just glad to, you know, get the win. I didn't realize their guy Turpin was such a big play guy, but he is a big play guy. And you, you got him one time where if you hadn't gotten him, he had, could have had a huge gainer. Um, did you know that you were pretty much last line of defense on that one? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, kind of just, I'm just, you know, looking, looking for the ball, looking, trying to, trying to hunt and trying to, trying to get a tackle. So I did not know I was the last line of defense, but you know, Turpin, he's a hell of a returner, all-pro returner in my book, and I, I, man, big, big props to him because he's, he's dynamic. Yeah. What did you think of Dallas's offense? I mean, it seems like after Pollard went down, um, they lost an element of what makes them good. Yeah. First of all, it's prayers up to Tony Pollard. You know, that's that's, that's a devastating injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, when 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 Pollard went down, you know, it kind of. It kind of it kind of took a little dimension out of their offense, you know. But you know they I still had some guys that stepped up. But you know our defense still made some pretty big plays to keep them out. You guys took care of the football. I mean, if there was one reason that you won the game, you were plus one in turnovers. Yeah. Uh, how much was were turnovers talked about this week? It's just minimizing them and just avoid eradicating that whole part of the game if possible. Uh, that's every week. Every week we talk about taking the ball away and, and take three, give none. That's what we preach every week, and that's what we're going to preach again this week. You know, we try to take care of the ball. We try to take the ball away. Last year you guys were like nine. 19th in takeaways. This year, you guys are second in the league in takeaways. Has there been any point of emphasis change or anything that you see different from last year to this year? As yeah, far as definitely. We just put more of an emphasis on taking the ball away. Any opportunity we can, any, any little crevice where we can knock the ball out or have a little detail where we can pick the ball off, we try to make sure we hone, it, hone on it and take care of it. It's the playoffs, so it's on to the next game, and you got a game next Sunday. But mm-hmm. uh, give me your give me your night. Like, How will you celebrate this one? Will you celebrate this one, or are you just crashing no, I'm just going next day? Go home, get some good sleep, because like I said, we got we got a big one coming up, and we got to make sure we handle business. Yeah, and Philly, did you watch them last night on the tube? What'd you think? Yeah, man, a great team. They got a great team. They got a lot of dynamic players, man, and they, and they can go. So you know, we got to put our big boy pants on and go see if we can take this thing, go win this thing. So yeah, one win away from going to the Super Bowl. Does that put any extra anything on the table for you? No, we just got to make sure we just make sure we handle our details and not not let the lights get too big. We just got to hone in on what we need to do on the details of our assignments and just make sure we just handle that and take care of business. Last one for you. The film. When do you? When will you get it? When do you want to watch it? You watch it tonight? You watch yeah, it tomorrow? Tonight. Yeah, tonight. So you'll be watching it at home? Yeah, tonight. And, tonight. Then, and then you watch it again in the morning with the team? Yeah, all week. And then and when do you when do you start looking at Philly? Tonight. Tonight. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So it's a busy night yeah, for you. Tonight. Busy night. Busy Congrats night. on the win. Thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, we have more locker room sound here on the uh, Tales from the Bay podcast. Let's go inside the Niner locker room and hear from Niners offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey. Does feel like the fastest D-line you've gone against this year? Uh, fast, probably. Yeah, I think um, they definitely they have a lot of ability to get up the field and turn the corner and, and adjust, especially 11. Uh, Mike Parsons, he can, he can convert off of a jerk of a burst better than anybody you know I've faced I think he can change direction as good as any probably player in the NFL not alone let alone D lineman um, and um, he's, a, he's a dog man and it, it's uh, it was a group effort I think we kept him off the quarterback for the most part and um, 
you know, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a long fight, but we got it done. Mike the quarterback, here. how did he handle the pressure today? I think he did great. Uh, you know, I think um, it's, one, he didn't turn the ball over, and, and that's obviously a huge aspect of what, why we won this game. Um, and when, th you know, not to say that Brock's had it easy so far, but we've been rolling for the last couple weeks, and, and, and offensively we have we haven't hit that wall yet. And for us to and he came up and made some huge throws in the second half to keep the chains moving, um, convert. You know, you talk about running the football well and doing all those things well, but you can't run the football if you don't convert on third down. And um, Brock did that into a great great deal in, in the second half. Um, I'm so proud of him because it, it's 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 that's a tough defense and a tough you know obviously all the pressure in the world. Um, and he handled it awesome. And he came up and stepped up and made plays that we needed him to make, and, and, he, and he did great. And we'll stay in the Niner locker room for a little bit more sound here with Niners linebacker Dre Greenlaw. I mean, it's a special team. It's a special group of guys. Like, you know, you think you see things happen in the ball game, and, you know, you're not really sure about, you know, how people are going to react or what. But, I mean, for us, we know each other so well that we don't we don't panic, man. We don't, we don't start looking at, you know, each other and start blaming each other, man. We just look at ourselves and say, Hey man, we got to be better, and you know everybody, everybody just everybody feels that pressure. You know what I mean? To own up on their, their own assignment and their details, man. And uh, it's as a, but as a team, like I mean, it's, it's just awesome just being a part of the, you know, with these guys, and, and they do a good. Everybody's been, uh, you know, just just going hard and doing a good job. So yeah. As the first half, the offense is kind of struggling. Do you like the responsibility of taking the game on your own shoulders as a defense? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're very compatible. Uh, offense and defense, but when offense isn't doing right, then defense got to step up. And when defense isn't doing right, offense got to step up. So, uh, you know, we got their back no matter what. You know, when, when they're not going good, we know that we got to do even better as a defense. You know, if anything, try to put the ball in the end zone or try to give it back to them just so they can get another shot. So, uh, you know, they did a good job of the game plan and owning it. You know what I mean? They, they scored enough points and uh, we stopped them. So, I mean, win. <laughs> kind of a rallying talk at all just to get motivated? Uh, not really. Like, I mean, that was just the energy and the vibe the whole game. Like, everybody was just ready to go. Everybody was, you know, already motivated enough. And, uh, and yeah, man, just ready to go. All right, Larry Kruger with you for the Tales from the Bay podcast here at Levi's Stadium. And the 49ers get a 19-12 win over the Dallas Cowboys and a trip to the conference title game for the 49ers. will be their 16th conference title game appearance uh, in the history of the franchise. And, of course, the 49ers have five Lombardi trophies, and they have been to the Super Bowl uh, seven times. Five in a row that they won, and then the last two against the Ravens and Chiefs, they have come up short. So 16th conference title game, and we know it will be at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? Because the Eagles beat up on the New York Giants 38-7 to on Saturday. And, you know, just watching that game, I think it was a couple things really stood out. Jalen Hurts is looks to be over the injured shoulder uh, that he had from, you know, multiple weeks ago now. Uh, Hurts Hurts looked really good. He had two touchdowns. He was only sacked one time. Philly is running the ball exceptionally well. I mean, they really are. Kenneth Gainwell had 
112 carries and averaged 9.3 a carry. And Miles Sanders uh, had 17 carries for 90 yards. So he went for 5.3 a carry. The Eagles as a team against New York ran for 6.1 yards per carry. So the 49ers defense has their work cut out for them. Um, Hertz can run. Hertz can pass. And the Eagles, you know, give you a lot of looks where they where Hertz holds that mesh point for a long period of time. And you don't know who has the ball. And, you know, the 49ers uh, earlier this year played the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. And Marcus Mariota did a lot of that read option stuff, holding the mesh point uh, for a good second or two. And it puts a ton of pressure on the defense and it makes people undecided. And um, it's a very difficult thing to defend. So that's the challenge that awaits the 49ers. Now, can their for, can the 49er defensive line get pressure on Jalen Hurts? Can they move him off of his spot? Uh, the New York Giants only had one sack on the night, and and Hurts, for the most part, carved them up. Now, this is going to be, I think, the key factor in the game. If the 49ers can put a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, um, that's going to bode well for their chances. Philly has three outstanding weapons. Devontae Smith, the former Heisman Trophy winner, uh, had six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, the tight end, is really one of the NFL's better receiving tight ends. And he had a number of injuries earlier in the year, but now he's healthy. Five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown on Saturday against the Giants. And then A.J. Brown. And Brown was quiet in the Giant game. Only three care, three catches for 22 yards, and he didn't get in the end zone. But A.J. Brown's a true number one receiver, and that's really going to be it. Can the Niners' defensive line put enough pressure on Jalen Hurts so that that Hurts has to be moved off of his spot, so he has to be hurried and rushed um, so he doesn't have time to survey the field, so he doesn't have time to to dial up long pass plays to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Um, I think the Niner corners are really going to struggle with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown if the Niner defensive front cannot put a lot of heat on the quarterback. Now, on the other side of the ball, how is the 49er offense going to do against this Eagles defense? Well, Hassan Reddick had one and a half sacks um, the Eagles really put a lot of heat on the quarterback. Fletcher Cox got a sack. Josh Sweat made a sack and a half. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Graham got one as well. Um, the Eagles had five five quarterback sacks against the Giants. They had eight hits on the quarterback. So they also have a couple guys on the backside playing really, really well. James Bradbury, the veteran corner, had an interception in the game Saturday. Bradbury's been terrific. I mean, he's easily playing the best ball of his career. And then uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You know, I don't know why the Saints opted to trade Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to uh, Philadelphia at the end of August there at the cutdown, probably to save a few dollars on the cap. But it has made Philadelphia that much better of a team. And if you look at Howie Roseman, I think you could make a good argument that Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, and John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, are probably neck and neck for um, GM of the year in the NFL. And and the Eagles, you know, they added Linval Joseph, who's an interior run stuffer, to their defensive front. He's helped them quite a bit. They traded for Robert Quinn to give them another edge rusher. I mean, Philly's got a lot of guys on that, fr- on that defense that are difference makers. Robert Quinn had an eight 
19 and a half sack season um, in his career. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I mean, the Eagles have guys that have, you know, they have Super Bowl experience. They have playoff experience. They're going to play this game at home. Uh, it's a very, very talented football team. Now, how would you compare the Niners defense to the Eagles defense? I think that the Eagles defense um, has an equal defensive line, and they can really sack the quarterback. I think the Niners clearly have the better linebackers, but then I think you could probably make an argument that the Eagles may have the better secondary. So um, it's going to be a tough battle for sure. It's going to be a very hard-hitting game. The fans in Philadelphia are going to be loud and boisterous, and and that's going to it's going to feel like a, a tough place to play. And we'll see if Brock Purdy can keep his composure on the road in Philadelphia in the cold weather and against you know a, a you know whole stadium field full of people screaming and yelling. But ultimately, I think the Eagles are a pretty well-rounded football team. You know, they can run the ball, but if you take away the run, they can throw it. And they can put a lot of heat on the quarterback. Um, they've got a lot of speed on defense. They also have a lot of size on their defensive front. they got a lot of depth. So it's not like you can just say, well, you know, double Micah Parsons and we'll shut them down. Their, their defensive front is really deep and has a bunch of weapons. So they're they're not a team that you can just say, ah, well, we'll just t- we'll we'll focus on this one guy and shut them down. So I think it's going to be a challenge for the 49ers. Um, talking to the players after the game, they said, you know, a lot of them said, hey, I want to watch the film tonight. I'll watch it with my teammates in the morning, and then it's on to Philadelphia. In fact, Demetrius Flanagan Foles told us in the locker room afterwards that he, he you know he plans on watching Eagles film tonight. So you know, a lot of these veteran players, you know, they know the challenge that awaits them in Philadelphia next Sunday and they're up for it and they realize they are one win away from a trip to Glendale, Arizona and the Super Bowl. All right, that does it. Hope you enjoyed the Tales from the Bay podcast. 49ers get a win, 19-12 to over the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round. And now it is on to the NFC Championship where the Philadelphia Eagles await next Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. 